Welcome to the latest episode of Don't Work With Tossers, the podcast. And I am here today with my guest, Duncan Lewis. This is the podcast that will help you rid tossers from your life and improve your work-life blend. And today's episode title is Tosser Trait Free Communication. (laughs) So Duncan is a communication specialist. He trains other people in communication skills. But I am not going to tell you about Duncan because he will communicate it far better than me. Duncan, hello. Welcome. Hello. Thank you very much for inviting me. Um, Well, thank you for joining me on our journey from Scarborough. Duncan and I are both based on the Yorkshire coast. And to get him to Halifax, Albion Street Studios today, I bought him very early, half past six. It was a very very (laughs) early start. So tell us a little bit about your business, uh, Eagle Eye, and how you came to be a communication trainer. Well, I am a communication trainer, as you say, and my business really supports people to communicate their spoken messages in the most effective way and to present the best version of themselves. And the business is almost 10 years. It'll be 10 years old in January. And I'm inordinately proud of that fact. And I've really drawn all my career's experience, life's experience together to start Eagle Eye because I've worked in the private sector and the public sector and the charitable sector. And I started my career in the performing arts, in professional theatre as a stage manager and then as a director. And I draw on all of that experience now in what I do. Um, I first met you quite some time ago when you worked for Business Link. And we were both business advisors, weren't we? And um, and helping people start up and keep going in business. So that was how many years ago? Gosh, that must be. Well, I finished at Business Link when Business Link's finished nationally Mm. in 2011. Oh my goodness! It is longer than I think. Then <laughs> it's a long, a long time. And for me, one of the top things with tossers is often the way they do communicate. They, if they communicate incorrectly, they can potentially come across as a tosser. I think I talked to Mike Edwards about that in episode three. Um, you know, people that present themselves at business networking and um, business events that maybe present themselves as a tosser but it turns out they're not but some of that actually can be the way they communicate can't it and how they present themselves and what you're trying to do is help people not to be a tosser oh communicate as a tosser you can't help them not to be a tosser we've just had a conversation about that haven't you? manifesting them away like where have they gone they're no longer in tina's little book of tossers yeah communicating in a tosser-free way, (laughs) is actually a challenge for a lot of people. And one of the things that we work on through our workshops and our courses is, and it's become a bit of a buzzword, but this word authenticity. And we just want people to present the best version of themselves that they feel happy with, comfortable with, but so they come across as, as genuine and sincere and transparent 
And unfortunately, a lot of people that I see, particularly on social media, don't always come across in that way. Now, maybe that's the way they want to come across, and that if that works for them, it's fine. But I, I struggle with that. I find that difficult. Yeah, and one of the things that we've talked a lot um, about in these episodes of the podcast is um, we've talked a lot about authenticity and being your real self and your true self and values and all of those different things. And I know um, authenticity is a, a massive thing for you. And communication is also part of your personal brand as well, which I discussed with Deb Ogden in episode five about personal branding. And, and for me, communication is a big part of your personal branding. And I don't necessarily think people appreciate that and also the other thing as well when when we talk about communication a lot of people if if they're shy and I mean I have no problem nor do you I know I have no problem standing on a stage in front of 500 people and you know talking speaking communicating here I go I'm talking about communicating and my arms are going so I know that I do that as part of my communication but if you are quite shy or the fear of public speaking what is it people dread that more than death don't they is that not the statistic a very high I don't know the percentage but a, a, a lot of people have a fear of public speaking and it's mm. actually it, there's a word for it which is gl glossophobia and and people do fear that and it's a real anxiety for a lot of people and again what we work through on our workshops is giving people the some skills mm. but giving them the confidence to be themselves and mm. share the message or messages that they want to share even when we're working with a large corporate organization I understand that there's culture and there are guidelines and there are parameters within which they have to work. But within that, I think people can push at the edges a bit, push at the boundaries mm. in order to find a way to express how they really, what they really think and what they really feel. Yeah, and I think the... Um, so for me, there's the people that are glossophobic and then there are people that go out there... At, events and always have to be heard and want their voice heard and have to be seen to um, egotistical and mm. and those are the ones that in my opinion come across as tossers um we we were just talking before we started recording this about you know I was saying since I've since I've started the podcast I seem to have fewer tossers in my <laughs> stratosphere they just don't seem to be what well, I don't quite know what he's done whether the universes have said you know maybe just don't go near yeah. her because she's but actually I think I've become it's to do with tolerance mm. and accepting that you don't need to have those people in your life you 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 build your crowd wisely you do all that sort of thing but for me the the way you communicate the way you present yourself the way you communicate is so important. I agree. And a key part of, you know, it doesn't matter whether we're in business. I mean, we talk about this being business tips and life lessons, but actually it goes for both, doesn't it? It goes in business and in life, the way we communicate. I agree. So my client base is, as you know, 
diverse to say the least. So I work with students in schools and colleges at one end of the spectrum through to senior leadership in corporates at the other end of the spectrum and everyone in between, sales teams, etc. And it doesn't matter at what level you are at in your life, there are certain common denominators when it comes to spoken communication. So the work I do in schools is all around helping young people present the best version of themselves for a job interview or an interview for university. And at the other end of the spectrum, with senior leadership, senior managers, it's about maybe just tweaking what they do, just tweaking. But everyone needs something to improve their spoken communication. And with young people, I find it's very often about encouraging them to be themselves, not to look like someone else, sound like someone else, dress like someone else, be like someone else, to be themselves. And when it comes to things like job interviews, you know, at job interviews, when I was employed, and I'm now obviously self-employed, but when I was employed and people would ask you about yourself and your hobbies and your interests outside of work to try to get to know you, you start the job on day one. And a lot of that you store away, you hide. And my question is, why? So really, I think that people maybe share only about 50% of them of their true selves in the workplace because they're of concern of what people might think. Uh, they don't want to look stupid. Uh, they don't want to put their head above the parapet. And what we try to do on our workshops is encourage them to feel more comfortable doing that. So they feel that they can really express more of their complete selves. And how we term that is is making an emotional connection. Because there's this term, isn't there, used in business a lot, which is people buy from people. Mm. I've never liked it. I've never understood it. But how I've interpreted that, and it's the subtitle of my, of my pocket-sized book, is how to make an emotional connection and communication. So for me, the people buy from people bit is making an emotional connection. And if we can make an emotional connection with people in work, outside of work, then I feel there's, there's a greater trust and a greater truth and ultimately a greater respect. Yeah, and I do think it's not just people that are in employed roles, but also business owners as well. So when Tony and I were um, campaigning through Microbes Matters and we, we did what we did with Microbes Matters, when we first started out... We imagined that actually we would bring others together and we'd be, become this movement. People would all go forward and do their own bit and say, this is me, who am I? What we quickly discovered was that people didn't want to put their head above the parapet. So when you talk about putting their head above the parapet in an employed role, business owners are often the same. They might not want to upset the client. They might not want to be seen by their competitors to be doing things in, in the same way. And again, it's all communication, spoken communication, written communication, how they present themselves on social media posts, how they, you know, the images they use, the whole brand, personal brand thing. Whereas for me, I don't know whether it's an age thing, whether it's a 35 years in business thing and you actually... I've got to this stage with my business and career and as you well know I've I've been through different stages and different brands and sat behind different brands and things like that but 
when I started to use the word tossers, people looked at me and were like, um, tossers, oh, should you be using that word? Well, really, I don't care whether I should be using that word or not. I'm using it. And um, actually, at the beginning, I defined what I saw as a tosser for Don't Work With Tossers. And interestingly, LinkedIn block out the word tossers when anybody says it on a, any sort of soundbite that I share. Yeah. But for me, that's my authentic self. That's who I am. That's how, mm. how, how I speak. I can be quite sweary when I'm frustrated and like things. So that's how I communicate. Um, and, and I'll openly say, you've made me sweary or this situation has made me sweary because I know when I do it. But I'm not afraid of doing it. I'm not apologising mm. for doing it because that's who I am and that's how mm. I communicate. And, okay, so some people might not like me doing that or some people might not mm. wa- want to work with me because of how I communicate. But it's back to, and we have talked a lot about this, across these episodes, it's back to the fact that I am being my authentic self I'm not presenting myself as somebody that I'm not. And there are lots of people in business doing different types of business. So actually, if they don't like the way I'm communicating, they can go and work with somebody else. And I'm okay with that. I think part of it does come with age. So I can be a diplomatic as the next person, uh, but I think now that I am the age that I am, I am less tolerant of certain people. But I would also say that for me, this emotional connection relates to if we are truly customer-centric, if we really care what our customers and our clients, internal or external, think about us, then we need to know how they feel about us. Mm. And it's important, I think, to have that exchange, that communication, that conversation. But a lot of people won't do that. They won't go there because it's, it's dangerous territory. Communication is a broad spectrum. Um, it's written communication and it's, and it's spoken communication and... Um, even, you know, hand gestures and all those different types of things. But I think it does start with the spoken communication and the importance, as you say, of having that confidence, of having that confidence to challenge, of having yeah. that of having that knowledge of how to do it, of negotiating or, um, you know, negotiating skills, sales skills, all of those different things come with communication. And I believe it starts with the spoken communication, so the importance of what you're talking about. And actually, that spoken communication is the way we get across, in my mind, that we're not a tosser. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, it should start when we are in primary school. And unfortunately, it doesn't. So the government have a word for it, and they call it, which I, I don't like the word, but they call it or- oracy. And it's the idea that we should be encouraging children, young children, primary school age, right the way through their education, to present and communicate openly and effectively in school. We should be taught that. We're not in this country, in the UK, we're not. 
And I think that's a shame. Some schools do it. A lot of schools don't. Uh, so I think it starts at a really, really young age. And then we're put into a position where we go to work, whatever age we start work, and communicating openly in work, out of work, customers, becomes a challenge to us. And we're not prepared for it. And it's a skill like anything else that needs practising, needs rehearsing, needs working on. And I think we talk about young people and, I mean, you've written the book Speak Out and part of the proceeds for that go to the Prince's Trust. And that's because you do work with the Prince's Trust. Um, And I, I believe, and it's not just young people, it's older people as well, often their frustration in communication and spoken communication that comes out in other ways you know it might be aggression it might be um and that's potentially because they've never been taught to communicate correctly or how to communicate their feelings or or share those feelings speak openly honestly you know i'm not afraid of again it's back to that I'm not afraid to speak out about certain issues. Menopause being a prime example, and I know we touched, well, we more than touched on that in episode seven with with um, Rachel and Mark. But you know, it's it's about that ability to speak out. So I do feel that if we taught children as young as primary school age to be able to communicate yeah. in a more positive way, some of this, I'm not, you know, it's it's not a I'm not saying we'd move a magic wand and it'd all be cured, but I do believe that some of this would be, some of the issues would be cured because... It would be, it would be so beneficial. You're right. There's no silver bullet. There's no quick fix to this. But on our workshops, which I run with my colleague Alison Saxton, who's a professional actor and a voice and body language coach, we say to the delegates, right at the beginning of the day, we say... We're trying to create an environment here, wherever we are, where people feel safe to express themselves, honestly, openly, in a genuine way. But in order to do that, perhaps we need to let go of some of the baggage, the emotional baggage that all of us have, all of us carry through our lives. And when delegates do that, which more often than not they they do that, then wonderful things happen. People feel open to share their thoughts. They give a couple of short talks on our workshops, one related to their work, one on something that they are passionate about. And suddenly all this passion and this energy and this enthusiasm comes out of them that perhaps they had never expressed before. And it's a wonderful thing. And so for me, coming back to this word authenticity, That's at the heart of what we do. And if we can encourage people to feel more confident to be themselves, then for me, job done. If we've helped people feel more comfortable within their own skin, job done. But I, and I think also then once those people, that person, the individual, whoever, as a group, um, and again, I, and I know I talk about this all the time, but it's about building your crowd wisely because it's very likely that people that are on your workshops, if they're there with others they don't know, yes. 
and they then connect in another way, whether that's through WhatsApp or LinkedIn or Instagram or whatever social, mm. Facebook, whatever social media, they have that little support network around them. They've learned those things in your workshop. They can go away, they can talk about it. With, with, a, with the right crowd around you, you have that support, the ability to open up. That, for me, then allows those people to challenge others that may be communicating them with them full of tosser traits not free of tosser traits but full of tosser traits um and back to being able to let go of some of the whether that's in a workplace whether that's in their yeah. home life yeah. um and and it comes back to a confidence thing again and and communication being able to communicate correctly i believe helps you build a confidence that you maybe didn't have if you can't communicate correctly. When I was younger, um, I think I was about eight, um, my brother and I were made to go to speech and... we were No, we went to speech and drama. I don't know whether we chose to go to speech and drama, and if my mum and dad are listening to this, mm-hmm. um, we went to speech and drama in York. The York Academy of Speech and Dramatic Art... And um, as part of that, you were given the confidence to stand up and speak in front of others. And and then when I went on to secondary school, I was keen to be part of the debate, you know, the debate group and all of those. And I have never been afraid of speaking. And I, and I am absolutely convinced, so this comes back to what you're saying about children in primary school, I am absolutely convinced that a lot of that was to do with the fact that I went to those classes. We had to do those things, you know, how, no, wrong, how. And it, and it was less about the communication, but more about how to speak, you yeah. know, with the right pronunciation. Yeah. Yeah. Prob- I mean, I'm sorry, mum and dad, because like now <laughs> I'm so... For a Lancashire lass that came to Yorkshire when she was two, I've got a proper northern accent. But but again, I'm not afraid of that. And it doesn't preve- prevent me from communicating. But I do think that communication is... It's just important, so yeah. important. And again, on our workshops, the reason we use Alison is that she will work with the delegates for a couple of hours on those techniques to encourage people to find their authentic voice so we'll do lots of breathing exercises the importance of that the breath has the effect that it has on the voice and she will encourage people that we both encourage people that regional accents are absolutely to be celebrated people who say oh i don't like my accent i'm not happy with the way i sound celebrate it all regional accents are to be celebrated so this sort of thing gives people, these sorts of things give people the confidence to really hopefully be be themselves. And we're really proud that this podcast is made in Yorkshire at Albion Street Studios. Duncan, thank you so much for being my guest today. If you want to know more about Duncan Lewis, you can find him on LinkedIn and um, you will be able to learn a little bit more about his great book, speak out.